What's going on, everybody? Okay, I'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret. So, I wanna say, no, whoa, I found out what was going on about this all. Friday, Friday, my jaw started hurting. So I'm like, I wonder what's going on. And then I'm like, oh, well, if it keeps hurting, I'll say something about it. Like, I told myself, if it keeps hurting tomorrow, I'll say something about it. So when I woke up yesterday, it was still hurting. So I Googled it. Well, what does it mean when your jaw hurts? And it said it could be like <laughs> oral issues, which I know I don't have. Or your wisdom teeth. And I'm like, fuck. I hope it's not that. Can you imagine if it was that? That's what I was telling myself. So I told my mom, mom, can't. So if I have my wisdom teeth, does it hurt my jaw? She's like, yeah, why? I'm like, my lower, my lower left jaw hurts. She's like, oh, let me see. And she goes, yup, it's definitely coming out. I'm like, no way, bro. No way. So I'm going through it right now. So hopefully I get that fixed during the week. I don't know if it's going to affect the shows because you know how they say, like, you need a rest because it's a very, the recovery process from what I read is like three to four days. I don't know. I have to call to get an appointment this week. So if look out for an announcement that the shows might get affected because of this. I don't know. I hope not. The pain's not too bad. I'll still do them anyway, but we shall see. But stay safe, guys. Deuces. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Oh, my God. Okay. I forgot to talk about the fights. So this is what I'll do. This is what I'll do. I forgot to talk about um, Lemus versus Andrade. We're going to do a fallout. Like, because the show's done. The show's done. We're going to do a fallout. I apologize. It slipped my mind because of how angry I was with the MMA judging and the refing this weekend. You'll hear all about it. But enjoy the fights, guys. We got... Bellator Hawaii nights one and two Friday and Saturday and then Lemus versus Andrade Deuces What's up, everybody? Episode number 48 coming at you. This is the Punch in the Mouth MMA podcast. I'm Adrian. We are seeing the MMA landscape through my eyes. I gotta tell you, I'm a little bit 
little bit angry. A little bit angry. Why am I angry? You know what I forgot to do before I hit record, though? I forgot to pull up my tab. But anyway, why am I angry? Because, again, the judges strike again. Okay, okay, before I start, I love Pitbull. The Patricio Pitbull I'm talking about here. But, come on, dude. How did he win on one judge's scorecard? He won four out of the five rounds, which is complete, complete. That is atrocious, honestly. Like, come on, bro. Like, what are you guys looking at? Can you guys tell me what you're looking at? Like, how did he win four rounds? I don't understand that. That's the part that's getting to me. Like, how does he win four rounds? You're going to tell me AJ taking him down in the fourth and fifth? Somehow he still won one of those rounds? What? Like, are you kidding me, bro? Are you kidding me? Like, what are we, what are we doing here, man? And a lot of it's going to come from, especially the conspiracy theorists. Oh, well, this Bellator doing backhand deals and stuff like that. I don't want to think like that, man, because if that's true, that is sad. But for the sake of this recording, let's not think about that. AJ was in the champ's clause. As from what my understanding is, it extends the contract by three fights or one year. And he hadn't signed a new deal according to his manager. Although I wonder how much is really known because he came out earlier in the week saying that he was looking to leave CAA, the management group. So I don't know if he, he was doing stuff without them or if he's just not happy the way they're managing his career. Don't get mad at me. I'm not saying anything bad about CAA. I'm really not. I love those guys because they've helped me out a lot. Especially AJ's manager and Francis' manager. But you never know. There could be disagreements. But anyway. Like Bellator. California. This doesn't really fall on Bellator. It falls on the California State Athletic Commission. Like what are, what are you guys looking at? You guys are the ones that help John McCarthy make up these rules. Like, come on, bro. Like, seriously? Seriously. Like, what's going on here? Can somebody tell me? If you ask me, because I haven't rewatched the fight. Whoa, that didn't look too good. If you ask me, AJ won rounds one, two, I mean, not two, four. And five. Those are the rounds I gave AJ McKee. I have to rewatch it again. I don't understand how you give Pitbull either four or five. Like, those are straight up. Those were AJ's rounds. And then two and three, I gave him to Pitbull. Pitbull had him in a tight guillotine. I want to know how Luke Thompson and Brian Campbell gave Pitbull's round one. Like, that round was so close, and AJ was the aggressor. Like, what are we doing? Again, like, I'm already five minutes into this, and I'm still talking about this fight. Like, come on, bro. Like, really? Like, what are we doing here? So, we'll see what happens. So, I gave AJ's rounds one, four, and five. 
I gave AJ round one because he was the aggressor. He ran out and like did like a side teeth kick body type deal thing. It was pretty dope. I was like, whoa, that was pretty cool. And Pitbull adjusted. He was landing good shots and like he stumbled AJ. I want to say in the second or third round, which is one of the rounds I gave Pitbull. And then AJ was on top of him in the second round, but I don't believe that negates the guillotine Pitbull had on him. So we'll see, man. We shall see. I'm really excited to see where this goes. I don't know what happened. Like, if AJ were to stay in Bellator, they're going to do the rematch. Like, that's what they should do. I don't know if AJ was feeling himself a little bit leading up to this fight because of how he ran through Pitbull the first time. But he was even saying, he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to run through him this time. I don't know if he was feeling himself because the one criticism I do have of AJ is he kept trying to bait Pitbull to come into his range. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Go attack him. But again, I'm not a fighter. So I could be full of it, my man. You know what I mean? I could be full of it. So we shall see what happens. If you're asking me, I want to see the rematch, the rubber match. Um, I don't know what AJ's contract situation looks like now that he's not the champion. I don't know if he's a free agent. I don't know if there's like a 90-day grace period where Bellator could try to re-sign him before he starts talking to somebody else. What I do know is if he starts talking to other people, and they give him a good deal. Bellator has the right to match it. Whatever that means. Although I've always wondered, you know, like, you know how UFC has pay-per-view and they say, oh, we'll offer you pay-per-view points. And then so it ends up to this much. I don't know if it's like a financial number that Bellator can match that. Let's say with the pay-per-view points, AJ would get, I'm throwing out a number. I, I, I wouldn't know, but 200,000 base pay. And then if Bellator could match that somehow by saying, oh, we'll give you 200000 per fight. Although he did come out and say earlier in the week, again, I don't think this helped him whatsoever, was that since he won the million dollars that he doesn't want to have a check no less than a million dollars going forward. That's not going to help you. It's not going to help him moving forward because then nobody's going to sign. The only ones willing to probably sign him are PFL because they have the million, like... Something like the Grand Prix, they have the base pay, which could be really large, to 500k, like Kayla Harrison. On top of that, the million dollars. I think Kayla Harrison makes more. I think her new contract is about 620. I don't know the numbers for sure, but it is seven figures. Um, the co-main event. And then unfortunate, Vadim Nenkov, Corey Anderson. I mean, people get mad because the, the rules state that if it's less than, if the three rounds aren't over, it goes to um, a no contest. Those are the rules. Like, we're viewing a pugilistic sport. Pugilistic, for those that don't know, is like boxing that you follow a certain amount of rules to make it a quote-unquote sport. We're following a pugilistic rule set here. So, 
if you're mad, you're mad that you're watching a sport and they're following rules, you can say, oh, but it was only three seconds, three seconds. Inch in a mile, like Dominic Toretto says, it doesn't matter. The rules are the rules, and Frank Trigg did very well to impose them. So we shall see what happens. Now, actually, Scott Coker came out to the post-fight press conference and said he's going to try to rebook it late summer. People are saying that that was Corey's win. I'm like, it was 1-1. You don't know what could happen in the fourth round. But I will tell you this. Vadim's going to look at that fight, and he's going to work extensively on his wrestling. He already has good wrestling that he did show me in that fight. He has great wrestling, and he could be a world... That guy could easily be top five in the world in all of MMA. Again, I said this before, and I will say this again. If there's one thing I could do with this podcast is make people believe that there's good people outside that can compete with the UFC. Like, Vadim Nemkov could compete with the cream of the crop at light heavyweight. So can Corey Anderson. He was just having contract issues. Which ultimately he felt like it would be better if he left. So good on him, man. Hey, the same thing with AJ. That guy can, like a lot of people are giving him flag because he was saying that he could dominate Volkanovski. He probably can. It'll be a good fight. I don't know if he'll dominate him, but he'll make it a scrap. Did you see his wrestling? You guys did see AJ wrestling, right? Like, you don't think that'll make it a good scrap? Also, Aaron Pico won his fight. That guy, just keep an eye on Aaron Pico, man. That guy's the future. Trust me on that. That guy is the future. Because I believe that guy's going to be UFC champion, much like I believe AJ's going to be UFC champion. And that guy's like 9-3 and three at this point. Like, he's only going to get better. And I believe he's only like 26. 20, I'll, I'll look it up right now. I believe he's only 26-27. Hold on. Let me go see. But that guy is going to be the future. Aaron Pico is 25. That dude's got nothing but time. AJ's 27. Aaron Pico's 25. And he currently, right now, he is 10-3. and three. He's had 13 fights. That guy's going to get nothing but better. He's training with Greg Jackson. It's a good camp. But we shall see, man. So look out for Vadim Nemkov, Corey Anderson, too, to figure out who will be the Grand Prix champion. Then... This upcoming Friday, we got Juliana Vasquez versus Liz Carmouche. This is what I'm going to dub as Bellator Hawaii Night 1. Juliana Vasquez will fight Liz Carmouche. Nikita McCullough will fight Enrique Barzola. I don't know who those guys are, but I'm definitely watching this because I, I didn't see when Juliana Vasquez beat... Um, Elimelay McFarlane, and then I believe Elimelay is going to fight on night two. Let me see. Yes. And then night two will also feature the rematch between Chris Cyborg and Arlene Blanco and the opening round of the um, 
Bellator Bantamweight Grand Prix, which will feature Juan Archuleta versus Rafian Stott, um, Haraguchi versus Patchy Meeks. Dude, they have so much faith in Limale McFarlane that they're making Haraguchi and Patchy Meeks the opening fight on the main card. I cannot wait for the Panchi Minx Haraguchi fight. Haraguchi is probably like one of my favorite fighters and he does not get the respect he deserves. Which is which is really sad. Oh Go Goichi Yamauchi's gonna fight. That guy's good. This night too. Stacked, bro. We got UFC. So that's it for Bellator, so. Let's look out for those Bellator events. Hawaii night one, Friday. Vasquez versus Carmouche, and then night two, Ble Cyborg versus Blanco two. Should be good. Uh, Uf UFC Luque versus Mohamed. La Mohamed beats Vicente Luque. Kyle Bora Loho. Beats Oh my God, Zihev. And then Andre Fijo beats Miguel Beza or Beza. Dude, this Andre Fijo guy, that guy, like this fight was crazy. Miguel was piecing him up and then he came back. I was like, whoa. And then this middleweight fight between these two guys, Borahalo and Omagaziev. Like, uh, this is another thing that's upsetting me. How does Peter Young get DQ'd, but this Kyle guy? Oh, it was unintentional. We're going to go to the scorecards. What? How is that unintentional? He threw it. He thought he lifted him and he didn't, but he threw the knee. That is not unintentional. And then they were saying, oh, it's because the other guy sternly warned Peter. Peter doesn't know English. If that's the case, put a Russian speaking rap that can also speak English so he can warn him. Like, what? So I believe Kyle Borjalojo got away with one. Like, what? What they need to start doing is being like, okay, when this happens, it's this. You can't leave it up to the ref's discretion because then what's going to end up happening is these fighters are going to know, oh, well, I don't like that ref, so if I do something that's left in his power and he doesn't like me, you know? It sounds petty, but it's something that does happen in this world, like, there has to be a fixed set rule set. You can't leave it up to the ref's discretion, especially when it's careers that get affected by their decisions. And the refs are human beings. If that's the case, if if it was Dan Mergliata and he was refing the Peter Jan Sterling fight and Jan knees him because, for one, Dan Mergliata took a point away from... Boralojo, and they still went to the scorecards. They took a point away from Peter, or was it two? I don't remember. It was either one or two. 
And they, he still got DQ'd? And it's by A's and not Biza. Miguel Baeza. Like, like there needs to be set rules because if that's the case, just because the ref felt like it, he DQ'd Peter. Because Dimergo didn't feel like DQing Borlojo. That's why he went to judge's scorecard. Like, what? Come on, man. Seriously? I don't know, the MMA gods got me upset this weekend. If I sound upset, I do apologize. So, was Borjolojo winning? Yes. My only... My only, I guess... My only pushback, if we can call it that, the ref. The ref's like... I feel they have too much power and they don't know how to use it. If they have too much power and they're not going to do the right calls, set rules. And then with the judges, with the AJ thing. And then the car closed, beats Brandon Jenkins. Remember he had that scary push that like gave him really bad... Whiplash, I think, with Jeremy Stevens. Unfortunately, that fight can't happen unless the car closed or Jeremy Stevens. So, in order for that fight to happen, the car closed needs to go to PFL or Jeremy Stevens needs to resign with UFC because that's where they're both at right now. Okay, let's talk about the main event. Bulal Muhammad beats Vicente Luque. What a fight! Bulaw shows that he deserves to be top five, which he will be come Tuesday because it's Sunday right now. He will be come Tuesday. And honestly, I understand he doesn't like Colby, but they already said Shemaev is going to get Colby. So he, I feel he missed an opportunity to call out Gilbert Burns. Gilbert's the only guy open in the top five right now because he just beat Luke. He's probably going to take his spot. So you call out Gilbert Burns. You fight on the undercard of International Fight Week or the other card in July. And you you play it by ear because if Edwards, like, I believe it was a missed opportunity because let's say he beats Gilbert Burns on the undercard. And Edwards beats Usman. They have the history there, like, Set it up right there. The only criticism I will give Bula's performance, like the commentator saying, he doesn't threat submissions. So anytime Vicente wanted to get up, all he had to do was turn his back to him and get up. Because he doesn't threat submissions. So I don't know if that's something Bula will work on in the future. But yeah, so. If I was Bilal Muhammad, I would have called out Gilbert Burns. I really know he wants to fight Colby because he doesn't like him. And Colby had some things to say about Palestine. And Bilal didn't appreciate it. So we shall see what happens. Um, I read this today. I don't know if it has been out for a while. But Dana White has come out to say that John Jones versus Stipe Miocic. 
is in the works for this summer. It came out today. Yeah, he went on TMZ and said, hold on, I have it right here. We're going to read it together. Dana White, John Jones or Stipe, makes sense, gunning for summer. Dana White says he's hoping to get John Jones back into the octagon this summer, telling TMZ Sports a fight against former heavyweight champ Stipe Miocic is an obvious move. Bones hasn't fought since February 2020 when he beat Dominic Reyes via unanimous decision at UFC 247. We talked to the UFC boss about the superstar's future recently, and it sounds like this year's international fight week is going to be an absolute banger. Listen, people have been talking about how awesome this card is, and I was just telling somebody the other day, our lineup for the summer is incredible, White said. So what he means is the April card, people were saying, oh, dude, it's it's good, this, this, and that. And he's like, if you think this card is good, our summer lineup is way better. I'm hoping that John Jones is going to be a part of the lineup this summer. We followed up and asked if this meant that we could see John Jones take on Francis Ngannou or Stipe Miocic, and the fans of former champ out of Ohio are going to be excited. Yeah, Stipe makes sense. As for another UFC legend, Conor McGregor, Dana White says he's not going to consider giving him a fight until he's 100% cleared, and that hasn't happened yet. And then, uh, oh, that's one thing. Okay, I'll talk about it because this reminded me. Okay, so... My only hope is that it's not for an interim belt. And I, I I have a feeling it is. Oh, my God. Please don't let it be for an interim belt, bro. I hate interim belts so bad. Like, you have no idea how much I despise them because they make no sense. Why are we going to do that? Didn't Cyril and Derek just fight for the interim belt? And you have about five guys just willing to fight each other just because you don't need an interim belt. Like, what? So, before I get into this other thing, let's look at the heavyweight ranking. Francis, championship clause, had just had knee surgery. He's going to be out for the foreseeable future until he is 100% his manager told me he ain't fighting so Curtis Blades number four wants to fight Cyril Gunn make the fight make the fight they just announced Alexander Volkov is gonna fight Rosinho Rosenstrike Tom Aspinall wants to fight Taito Iwasa make the fight so you have Stipe versus Jones Ty versus Aspinall and Cyril versus Blades. You have the number one, the number two, the number three, and the number five guy. The number four and number five guy. You have all five top competitors in play. You don't need the interim belt. You don't need it because you're going to go and fight. Consensus, the greatest of all time, Stipe is. If he wins, that's more flex than it being the interim champ. Like, what? And then if if Ty and Aspinall end up fighting, those are the new guys coming up. Whoever wins that, fight the winner of Cyril and Derek. And not Derek Lewis, sorry. 
um, Curtis Blades. And then, hopefully by then, by the time these, it, the winner of that, okay, so this is going to be kind of confusing. So, I'm going to have Tai Tuivasa fight T Tom Aspinall, right? They say we get them on the London card that supposedly the UFC is returning to. And then we get Cyril. We're going to make up a card. We're going to get Cyril to fight Curtis Blades in a France card. And then Stipe and John Jones are going to fight International Fight Week. That's already being set in motion. So the winner of Cyril and Blades should fight the winner of Tom Aspinall. I mean, yeah, Tom Aspinall and Taitu Ibasa. And that fight should be on the undercard of Francis's return against the winner of Stipe Miocic and John Jones. Because I believe that fight trumps everybody else. Like, these guys need a fight to build their name, you know what I mean? And that way you have the next challenger in the wings that same night. Like, what do we, what do we need an interim belt for? We don't need it. We don't need it. Cause my own, I'm only against it because we just had one, and for it to be unified the next fight, that makes no sense. Like you're taking away what the championship means in my eyes, because you're gonna be handing out interim belts. Now the the Dominic Cruz situation when Henan Barral fought Uriah Faber because he tore his ACL. That made sense because it took Dom nearly two years to come back, and they ultimately stripped him and instated Henning Burrell as the reigning champion. That makes sense. That made sense. But this, just because you're on the outs with Francis and, and the contract and he's in the clause, I don't know if he's going to fight within the year again. I don't. I believe he will, but I don't know. Oh, I was about to get mad. I'm like, how did Irene Aldana go all the way down to 13? But that's the pound for pound ranking. Because I'm like, she was number three. Yeah, she's still number three. <laughs> like, come on, man. I feel like I'm angry this this shock. I kind of am, but I'm not, though. I'm just being passionate right now. Henry Cejudo is coming back. Um, I'm going to reach out to USADA, see if they can give me anything. Henry Cejudo will re-enter himself in the USADA drug testing pool Monday. His manager, Ali Abdelabziz of Dominance MMA, told ESPN on Sunday. That signifies that Cejudo, a former Olympic gold medalist in wrestling, is on his way out of retirement after two years. Fighters re-entering the pool are typically subjected to six months of drug testing before being able to compete again per the UFC anti-doping policy. This comes on the heels of two UFC title fights Saturday night in divisions that interest Cejudo, the former UFC flyweight and bantamweight champion. Alexander Volkanovsky retained his UFC featherweight title over Chan Sung Jung and Aljamain Sterling defeated Peter Yan to unify the bantamweight title at UFC 273 in Jacksonville. Okay, hold on. This has nothing to do with what I just read. The interim title fight between Peter Yan and Cody Sanhagen made sense because they don't know if he was going to be able to return from neck surgery. My only reasoning that they're going to do the heavyweight 
interim belt is because they don't know if Francis will resign. If that's the case, I still don't agree with it because you can build up these stars again. You could do what I said earlier and then just eventually have them all fight. Like instead of instead of having Francis fight the winner of Stipe versus Jones on his return, you have all those fights. You have them all on one night. And then the winner of Stipe and Jones, they'll wait. But you'll have the winner of the other two fights fight on like a fight night or by themselves. And then you make the title fight with the winners of that. That's my opinion, of course. I don't know. Or wait, what else you can do? This is this is another thing you can do. You have those fights before. You have zero fight. Curtis Blades in the upcoming months. You have it before International Fight Week. Like have it on one of the smaller cards to build up towards International Fight Week. And you have either you have Tom Aspinall fight Taito Ibasa on the on the London on the London card that's set to return. And then you see where the where where the winners of those two fights are. And then you have them fight one more time. Yeah, like, my point is, have this mini tournament going on. Like, I don't need an interim belt. Okay. Going back to Henry Cejudo. After the fight Saturday night, Cejudo tweeted, I'm getting back in the pool. Now the comeback appears to be on. Henry will focus on his fight and training. Ali Abdelaziz said, he never stopped training. I truly believe Henry can come back to win the 135 title and go up 145 and win that. He will be the only fighter in UFC history to win three world titles. Cejudo, 35, surprisingly announced his retirement in his post-fight interview after beating Dominic Cruz to retain the Bantamweight title at UFC 249 on May 9th, 2020. The Arizona resident was on a six-fight winning streak prior to hanging up the gloves and was considered one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. Cejudo relinquished the UFC Bantamweight title on May 24, 2020. So stepping away from the cage, Cejudo focused on coaching at Fight Ready and Scottsdale, working with the likes of current and former MMA champions Davison Figueiredo, John Jones, Chris Zyborg, Zhang Weili, Iri Prochatska, and more. I'm excited because for what Henry does, like, that guy's a competitor and he's one of the best. And earlier today it came out that even Demetrius Johnson went to pay him a visit. So Henry's doing something good over there at Fight Ready. Like, for all the flag Coach Eric Albaracin and, and Henry Cejudo get, Eric Albaracin, Captain America, he's one of the best coaches. He's one of my favorite coaches in the game. My cousin doesn't like him because he, the glasses he wears are like, that's it? He's like, yeah, like, because he says he he wears, like, what, the regular glasses, not even sunglasses, but they have the white frame, and to him, people that wear that, they have, I'm not going to use the word he said, but he was basically saying they have negative energy. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know, Coach Eric, he seems like a nice guy. But anyway. Henry's doing something good at Fight Ready. If he's getting all these guys like John Jones, Davidson Figueredo, Iri Prochatska, Chris Cyborg, like they're doing something good. 
they had Korean zombie. Bulk was better. So I'm excited. Can he be Volkanovski? I don't know. Because to me, Volkanovski right now is number two behind Kamar Usman. I think he's better than Israel because he has a better overall game. So can I tell you guys, my top four pound for pound is number one, Kamar Usman. It should be John Jones, but I'm taking John Jones out for right now because he hasn't competed in over two years. Number two, Volkanovski. And then this one is going to be the one that pisses a lot of people off. Number three, Peter Yan. I picked Peter because I believe Peter won the fight against Sterling. I believe Peter has a very well overall MMA game, striking and wrestling. He makes good adjustments. Like Henry versus Peter. Like, honestly, if, I, if I'm being honest with you, in his return fight, I would like to see him fight Peter. Can I get that UFC? Please. I'm going to hit up my source at, at the UFC and tell him, hey man, go tell Sean Shelby, McMahon, or Dana White. They should make Peter Young versus Henry Cejudo. That'd be a great fight. But yeah, that, that's all I got there. And I believe I have one more piece of news and then I will let you guys go. Um... I will tell you guys this, I'm not going to do matchmaker anymore because I tend to do it and then when it becomes time for matchmaker, I'm like, well, I already talked about all this, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Like, it'll come out like how we did the heavyweights, like, so the matchmaker segment of me saying it, that's done because I realized that I was doing it within the show and then when I would try to have the segment, it wasn't good, so... We'll just end when I'm d done with all my talking points. So I believe the last piece of news is Nick Diaz is set to return. So, as far as I know, Kevin Mubenga is no longer Nick Diaz's manager. It's now Caesar Gracie. And Caesar, oh, hold on, hold on. Let's see what this is. And then he put. So, his latest post is about the scrap pack. Jake Shields, Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, and Gilbert Melendez. And the caption says, These guys came up together and are still great friends today. So, the post I want to talk about, it says, So, it's Nick Diaz with the Strike Force belt, his metal militia, full tilt poker.net. The caption says, Look for Nick Diaz to fight by the end of the year. Usually that would excite me because Nick D is my favorite fighter. What makes me nervous about this is when Nick is going to show up because I'm going to tell you guys something. Nick Diaz can beat Robbie Lawler. In shape, Nick Diaz beats Robbie Lawler because he beat him the first round. All right? Like, that's not even, that's just facts. He beat Robbie Lawler the first round. But like an in-shape, Nick Diaz can beat Robbie Lawler. And I'll say this. People are going to get fucking pissed, but I don't care. I bet you he can beat Jorge Masvidal. But he has to be in shape. He, the Nick Diaz that showed up against Robbie, that Nick can't show up. Because I honestly believe Nick showed up to get a paycheck. He didn't show up to fight. And there's another caption that says, Nick versus Matt Brown, that's a good fight. 
Yeah, but what else is interesting is I wonder if this is still the same contract he signed before the Anderson Silva fight. So if it's three fights, Anderson Silva was one. Robbie was two. This next one should be his last one, correct? But the Nick Diaz and Nate, they're too valuable to the UFC. Even if they just sit on the shelves, at least they're not making money somewhere else. Like, if they're going to make money fighting, it's going to be for the UFC. So that's why the UFC wouldn't let him go. That's why they re-signed Masvidal. Why do you think they have Masvidal's MMA organization on Fight Pass? Why do you think they re-signed them after the Colby Covington fight? Masvidal's top three fighters paid in the UFC. That goes along with Connor, Adesanya, and now Masvidal. So if you were to ask me, if you were to ask me, Adrian, who you want to see Nick fight? I want to see him fight. Well, first of all, I want Nick to be in shape and want to fight. I don't want him to just show up for a paycheck. I think that's why he was saying, even if I get my ass whooped, I want to come right back. Because he felt like his preparation was off. I don't think he wanted to fight Robbie. My number one on the list is Jorge Masvidal. Like, I honestly believe he can beat him. Number two, rematch Robbie. And then number three, I'm going to give you three guys, Kevin Holland. I say Kevin Holland because him and Nick had a little scrap when Kevin Holland was on the Contender Series. So we shall see, man. We shall see. But that's all I got for you. Nick and Nate were also just announced to be a part of the UFC Strike Back NFT Series. So if you're into that, check that out. But that's all I got for you guys. I'll see you later. Deuces.